0: Good evening, and welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? How much, man. Hanging in there. How about you? I'm okay. It truly is welcome back. Um, happy, very belated New Year to everyone. Um, this is one of our longest breaks in, uh, I don't know, how many years? History of the pod, this? maybe. What's that? Six years, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Have we been doing it for that long? We started, in, uh, 20, we started in the 17th Yeah, holy season, crap. So, yeah. I
1: like, oh think we recorded a single good
0: one by now. But. No, I don't know. Um, so yeah, we are, we are not dead, um, despite the universe's best efforts, I think, for both <laughs> of us over the last few weeks. Um, we're alive and we're very glad to be with you uh, again tonight or to, whenever you listen to this. Um, we're very much out of practice, but we're going to have some fun and just sort of do a welcome back to 2023. Gosh, the students had a long break, Rob. I saw something today from like Shannon, like the Harrisonburg transit saying like they're back to normal schedule. It's
1: like, yeah. We were watching one of the games last yeah. week and James was asking like, why aren't there students there? I was like, well, they're not back at school yet. Yeah. And his jaw dropped like that to him is the greatest thing ever. Like a long break. He's like, Oh man, college doesn't sound that bad.
0: You know? Yeah. It was weird. We have a, fr- a friend, um, Whose daughters one goes to Northwestern. She's the one that plays the cross there. They went back January 3rd, which seemed like obscenely early. But their other daughter, who goes to Tennessee, doesn't go back till next week. (laughs) Like, I was like, it's all over the map, man. Yeah, so I don't know. But um, we are back. We're going to kind of check in on where things stand with a bunch of sports, um, five in particular that I wrote down, um, some a little more than others. Uh, Really just see where things are. just going to say hi to you guys tonight um, and do a fun little OT and really start doing our homework again for next week as we all start gearing up for uh, March Madness runs on both sides, um, on the winter sports at least. Uh, Rob, the first thing I had tonight was I thought we should mention a couple things about football. Um, Just kind of fun things, really. Since we last recorded, uh, we know that both Todd Santeo and Jamari Edwards are playing in like one of the Senior Bowl type like things a this weekend. Pooler
1: Bowl or one of those, like, yeah, of the a Tropical Bowl that's... in Orlando.
0: Yeah. So this will be—I don't know—it's a—it's on a paid stream, so i, I don't know that it's—it's it's not easy watching, um, but it is a good opportunity for uh, two real star players for JMU this past year and two guys we'd love to see in the league. Obviously, speaking of the league, it was really fun to see Dean Marlowe with an interception this weekend in the playoffs.
1: It was. It was And, uh, and the whole tie-in, you know, with how yeah. he's playing again certainly was part of the story to begin with. Yeah. And, um, it was cool. It was that was a heck of a game, too, man. It was I' was not expecting that.
0: no. and actually, it feels like maybe that Cincinnati Buffalo game this weekend, um, you know, which will be oddly um, the rematch of of the game where Tamar Hanlon got hurt um, will also be a good game. So it's fun to watch Dean Marlowe. It's also fun like seeing all the JMU players. I mean, we knew all of the older teammates, older, <laughs> look at us aging Dean Marlowe's teammates already. But um, even the current JMU players were very excited. Um, I thought especially the defensive back room. We yeah, saw. well, it's a big deal.
1: Because a big I mean, a natural reaction yeah. is, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. And Correct. he's had a good career,
0: man. He has, and and I think he's another guy that shows. Like, I mean, just this whole thing of Buffalo bringing him back from the Falcons this year, when they started getting injured, Mm -hmm. was like, if you're smart and you like sort of pay attention and do do your job professionally, like the opportunities will stick around for you. I mean, I feel like I I don't know if you remember Wells too, like you know,
1: yeah, but like when he was part of that Panthers team, he was on the practice squad, practice Uh squad, excuse me. Um, when they went to the Super Bowl, there were articles written about how he was an integral part of the team, even as a practice squad, just in terms of like mm-hmm. being a guy they could count on to prep. And he was a big energy guy. And it really is cool. I mean, you can see like, there's different ways. Just, there's just the absolute like freak of nature, raw talent, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen style right. to have a long, long career. And there's also just, you know, being a professional, learning your craft, being a good locker room guy. And yeah. You know, having the, being the sort of guy that, that coaches and players want around and will pick you up, like Dean Marlowe is a perfect example. Arthur of that Hux, uh, Arthur Motes I mean, was another great. Yeah,
0: team. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of these JMU guys fall in that. Yeah. Category, and hopefully we'll see more of that soon. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, same thing. I, I just reading. I, I JMU did a nice piece a couple weeks back about Percy, and you know, running back's a really weird position in the NFL. So I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But another guy, like, you would just – if you're a drafting team or a free agent team, you know, a general manager, I have, a, I, have, I have the sense that you have, like, zero concerns about Percy off the field if you need a, like, practice squad guy or a third string back or, you know. Yeah. like It's just – yeah, there's a lot to be said for that for sure. So that Percy article was really cool too, Rob, because the, the he John talked Bowers. about yeah, – Yeah, talking about John Bowers who was yeah. – the coach who stayed, right? <laughs> I, I, I've almost lost track of what trans, what coaching transition that was, but you know, that was really cool that Percy mentioned him while like Kalon Black was clo- quoted in the article about learning how to be, you know, a top notch, you know, college player from Percy. Sort was that learning- the
1: Everett to Houston? transition
0: that's what i was thinking i was like was it it might wasn't he
1: gone I, I believe the story no, goes like bowers was driving deciding, but, yeah. cross country and he got the call come back we need come you back. and he basically held the program together mm-hmm. in the interim between and held the recruiting
0: class together a little bit yeah. yep and um the rest is history and that's the kind of thing that to me i don't know it's just awesome from jmu and you know we've kind of followed bowers from afar and his family and you know it's been cool that they've always They've been huge supporters of JMU across yeah. the board, you know, even as his son was an FBS quarterback and his wife is a coach, and you know that kind of stuff. So it's always been cool. Um, but uh, the last thing I had on Football Rob was just, I mean, hard to believe, but uh you know, as ESPN always does after the uh, national championship game, when Georgia won the title this year, they did the way too early top 25. And your James Madison Dukes were, were, were in the top 25 represented. Yeah. I mean, and look, you know, it's all kind of like a good time and, and just fun fodder. I did think it was funny. The last time we recorded was with Drake and rich for our holiday special. And Drake talked about his favorite thing this year was just all of this, like sort of 24, seven, 365. The difference between FBS and FCS was like JMU was like in the mix. More often, like like every FBS program, and this was just such another. It was funny because I actually did not. I, I don't know about you, I mean, I didn't even remember that the FCS championship was being played. Like, I saw a few tweets like day of the game.
1: Yeah, but, that's, that's like I've been true. really
0: tuned out over the holidays, just of sports in general. We just we had a lot of family in town, and you know, I just was kind of checked out of a lot of things, but. That I like for I really really like I'm not trying to make a do a bit here like I forgot that it existed, <laughs> you know, um, I, I mean and I certainly forgot that it was at one o'clock on an NFL Sunday, like <laughs>
1: um, which was a weird decision, but
0: very I, weird decision. I mean, congrats SDSU, um, but yeah, so, but that was fun for JMU, and you know JMU was not in every way too early top twenty five. Uh, but the Sun Belt was represented because Troy.
1: Troy was in a couple.
0: Troy was in a couple. Troy was in
1: the final rankings.
0: Troy was in the final rankings. And a yeah. big congrats to them. Well-deserved. Um, and we found out, we've also found out since we last spoke, that JMU's crossover games next year will be, we are hosting Troy yeah. at Bridgeforth, which is going to be aw- I mean, It is a dandy of a schedule, man. The <laughs> schedule got legit since yeah. we've been gone because the crossover games are both Alabama teams. So Troy comes to Bridgeforth. And the Dukes go to Mobile uh, down to the Gulf Coast to play South Al. Yeah. Uh, you know, who was also really good Pretty this good. year. Right. And, and um, had an
1: argument they could have been ranked at a
0: certain point in the season. Right. So, I mean, just what a – we've been talking about this for years. And, like, this year one was already like, wow, that was a really fun schedule with Middle Tennessee and Louisville, you know, in the app game and all that stuff. All the things we talked about next year – Playing UVA, UConn, and at Utah State yeah. out of conference, like yeah, that's awesome. All right, and then I in mean, conference
1: plus, you got App State at home, like you mentioned, you got Troy. Yeah, to you uh, at home on the road Coastal. as Coastal.
0: Go to which South now Al.
1: McCall's coming back. McCall pulled out of the transfer portal. Oh wow! So I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. a fun schedule. It's kind of a scary schedule, I will say. Like, and I say this in a good way, but like. I I never got nervous about FCS schedules. I'd be like, oh, is this the year that we get, you know, is this the Delaware at home year, Delaware off year? Like it kind of gets routine, but I wasn't, I never really thought there was much to fear this one. I was like, oh boy, like (laughs) this is cool. If we can keep the streak alive. I mean, clearly the goal is to win the conference and play in the conference championship game. So on and so forth. But there's also a heck of a lot to be proud of. If you can keep that, you know, above 500 streak, alive with this yep. schedule and what is still as even jamie fans don't want to admit it is still considered a transition year yep it's a big deal there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity to grow through a schedule like this
0: yeah and just really fun like they're going to two quasi beach towns in the sunbelt right they're going to south allen coastal which is cool potential road trips for people in the fall um they're going to utah state which is another cool trip Mm-hmm. Um, they have Absolutely. UConn at home, which is another like an old school Atlantic 10 matchup, right? And not you a know, game in conference days, right? You know, you know,
1: Moore did a great job up there. That is that's now a good game. That's a really good game, yeah. That's, a really that's, game.
0: Yeah, that, that's not something a couch could... team, that's a bowl team, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's a that's a plus scheduling game, you know. You win that, it's going to help
0: you out. I, I would not have, and that's I all have we have, that even when they agreed to that game. And we're just talking about those teams that aren't in Charlottesville at UVA. Yeah. And home for ODU and App, right? I mean, not and Georgia Southern, who we lost to. Who I feel like of of all the games that of the three games that JMU lost this year, uh, Georgia Southern is the one that I'd really like to. Ha- I'm looking forward to having another shot at.
1: Yeah, I'm right. You right know, I that. mean, I,
0: for a very you know, we we all know the kind of reasons with the Louisville and Marshall games. Um, you know, injury issues. No, no excuses, but just. Really looking forward to another shot at Georgia Southern, yep, (laughs) next year. So really fun stuff all the way around from football. Um, And Todd, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx
1: it. Knock on wood, we have not had a, you know, Juice Wells (sighs) style departure announced yet. Uh, Yeah, I think we're 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 in the
0: wind. We're starting to come back into the like end of the end of the the the, window. Yeah, yeah, and I worry. I'm, I'm not. I worry too, but I, I will say. I mean, the one thing that's you look at that schedule and you look at the guys getting ready for you know potential pro futures. You can get noticed. You can get noticed and, and yeah. like and I don't know what the guys say amongst themselves, but if all five offensive linemen come back, like this team's really good. We saw Uku oh yeah, we didn't even talk about Uku's Ukwu. coming back. Yeah. So Uku's coming back for JMU. So that means they have nine starters back on defense and all five O-linemen. Mm-hmm. And I, I know the weirdly, like the statistics say, or the, you know, straight numbers of starters, those five are the only five coming back. But we all kind of know what Zach Horton, Kalon Black, Latrell Palmer, Reggie Brown, we know what those guys are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like those guys are starters who weren't starters, they, you mm-hmm. know, but they, they were only not, star- they were only reserves in name, you know. Um, so I just feel like, you know, if they get, I mean, if they get 80% of what they got from Sateo at at the quarterback position, they're full bore again. So I I just, that could be a real awesome thing. And, um, potentially not only are all five starters coming back, but I mean, we think it's possible that six or seven of the top eight or nine offensive linemen are back. So, you know, even beyond just the starters. Yeah, it's very yeah, exciting.
1: Fingers crossed this continues. But yeah, no, let's I'm,
0: let's hope. Man. Yeah. I mean, I will say for the guys we played last year, I can't. You know, we can't solve the Wells Tucker Dorsey thing. Like, if somebody gives you hundred grand, they give you hundred grand. Like, I can't. I, I don't. You know, we only know rumors and stuff. But for anybody that played here last year, it was damn fun. And you know, the team is really good. Like, I don't know why you'd want to go. I mean, if if they tell you you could start at South Carolina by you know. Then I get it, but if you're just going to go be on special teams at Michigan State, like okay,
1: that yeah, doesn't seem you do, that fun. You do you, but I know yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Happens. I'm like, you know, I, that's yeah, to me, that's not a big thing. So, good point there. The happy team from the winter that we should talk about at the moment is women's basketball. Oh my I mean, god, they're on a friggin' tear, Rob. Yes, sixteen and two, coming out into the Sun Belt six and zero. Just all right. it's a 13 game winning streak. Do I have that right? Third, I think it's yeah, I, I'm losing track at this point. It's awesome. They're getting production from everywhere. They got Steph Odekirk bombing four threes in a, in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. she had three
1: yeah. in a row and then twelve yeah. Um mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. Like it's such a balanced team. And that's one thing that like yeah, I, I really have been a supporter of of Coach O. Coach you know, o. he's a friend of ours, mm-hmm. guilty. Yeah, all that. We get it. 100% true. He's a good yeah. guy. We like him. We'll stick up for him. But I have always said, like, objectively speaking, he has a different approach than Kenny. And yeah. I think, it, again, I'm biased, but I think it's a better approach where he doesn't build around one volume shooter. He has people that, you know, Kiki could play that role if they needed, but like, he has a yeah. really deep team. When on any given night, you've got, you know, four or five ladies that can score in double figures. Um, and it's it's really paying dividends in this winning streak.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, you know we don't have tons of students. We don't think we don't think there's tons of students listening to us. But uh, Madison, Savannah, are our, our pals that we think listen a little bit. You know, you get two shots this week, and your friends get two. Sh- you know, Thursday and Saturday they're home both times this week. Yeah, um, go watch this team. It's great. They're on ESPN Plus both nights uh, for the rest of us. You know, for the out of towners. it's just, they're on a tear. And, you know, it's fun seeing Coach O talked about the 12 seed is his dream. Mm -hmm. Today is this week's, or yesterday, I guess Monday, they come out with the bracketology. Yesterday they were on the 13 line. Yeah. In College Park. You know, like, it's getting, and that's where the 12 seed would go too. So they're getting really close to some big goals. And uh, they just got to keep it rolling. You know, they got another, what, six weeks till... Post five six five weeks only till the postseason, and
1: yeah, and I mean, I a twelve seed yeah. would be great, and I hope he gets his his goal yeah. and his wish. I gotta tell you though, as, as a guy who's you know as a friend, I just want him to break through. I don't care about the seed. Just I, I want to win the damn thing. <laughs> just yeah. just win the damn thing. Just get the bid. Like there's been so many close calls. There've been so many like just snake bitten situations with great teams and injuries at the wrong time. Like this is a team that you know started off with the. Opened the season with a loss to Maine, but it was like close. I think they had a couple, you know, close games in the beginning, and dropped another game or two. Mm-hmm. And then here they are. They appear to be just get there. And this isn't like they're blowing people out. They're battling. They're winning tough games. There's mm-hmm. comebacks. Like the team just seems to have a lot of character and and a lot of grit. And I know that sounds kind of hacky, but this just seems like a tough group of girls um, that that are winning different ways. It's it's fun to watch and it's exciting to see the results.
0: Yeah, and and they don't, you know, they're not, they're six and zero in conference, but they're not pulling away from anybody. No, you know, Southern Miss and Troy are both five this and is one. Troy comes in this week. Georgia Southern's three and three. They come in this, so it's Georgia Southern Thursday, Troy Saturday this week. Um, you know, so big games there. Yeah, I mean Texas State, ODU, both good teams. So just a whole lot. I don't know. I mean, they got to keep it rolling. I'm also just happy for Coach O. I think there was. You know, last year had to be super frustrating and, you know, I don't know. feels like patience is starting to pay off now and yeah. I'm just really, really, really happy for that. Like this
1: is the first n- normal year in a couple of years and it's like, well, look, look at what we've got.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And um speaking of what you said, Rob, about like, they're not, he's building the depth, but they're not centered around a big player. Um, I don't that's my segue to talk about the men's team, and I yeah. know you and I approach this like a lot of fans with, I don't know, varying degrees of <laughs> upsetness, impatience, tire, I don't know, uh, exasperation, what have you. But I do think there's a difference. I, one thing I know, Kiki is not. They're getting contributions from everywhere, but it is very. But we know who the man is at the end of the game for the women's team,
1: like. Mm-hmm.
0: And everyone on the team knows it. Now that doesn't mean they don't run plays off of her or the woman here, you know. But you've got Kiki's the alpha. Yeah. Kiki's the alpha and the other pieces work around her. And if they need something at the end, they're gonna use her to get it themselves or to set somebody else up.
1: Correct. But like Steph can still play the Steve Kerr role. They got other people can knock down shots.
0: Sure. But back when JMU was riding high on the men's team early in the season. And they were scoring a bunch of points and doing all this stuff. We talked about, they didn't have their full, they had a deep roster. They already had a deep roster. They were playing nine or 10 deep early in the season, but they still had a couple pieces who hadn't come back yet. And we talked about, we had this one little fear that like, when is deep too deep? And I think most coaches will tell you never. And I'm going to, I would like to believe, and I still believe, I, I do still believe that, Come Pensacola in March, as other teams have injuries, as JMU has injuries, as everybody does. That the de- that the I just I think the depth will end up paying off, but it's pretty clear, despite some of the players, like <laughs> despite what maybe an individual player might think, it's not clear who the alpha is on this team yeah. at the end of the game, and therefore, and it's not clear like what the best rotation is yet on this team. And I'm just, I think like everybody else, I mean, I'm really glad that they broke the losing streak on Saturday. Um, the Men's, women's doubleheader on Saturday, both teams won. But JMU had lost three infuriating games in a row before that, right? I, I mean, and they'd already lost back in the, they'd lost that ridiculous game to Coppin State back before With like the break. With
1: scab refs and everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit weird. And I, you know, if they'd come back and started winning again, I could have probably excused it. I mean, especially, you know, just the way they had played earlier in the season. But, man, I mean, that loss to Texas State where they just were turning the ball over at the end. Then they lost to App. Then they lost to South Al. I, I mean, twice they lost by one point. So it's like, on one hand, you're like, well, they lost two of those games by a point. Actually, both of them 63-62. On the other hand, they're just they were shooting horrendously. And I don't know a lot. And there was a little back and forth, I know online between fans that said, they're shooting too many threes because they missed. I mean, it's almost impossible to miss at the rate they were missing. Like, it, yes. Like exactly. you have to be me to, to miss yeah. at the rate, like a 45 year old bricklayer to, to miss at the level, at the level they were missing. Um, And so like party is like, well, you can also regress to the mean positively, <laughs> you know, Um or I don't know what you would do. Pro- progress to the mean. Progress <laughs> to the
1: mean. Right. Return to the mean. Return yeah. to
0: the mean. That way. Yeah. Um, and you just, uh, and then they come back and they win this weekend. I still with think a they, lights
1: out shooting performance. Yeah, you
0: know, it's just it. And they're, it seems they're obviously streaky. designed to shoot threes. They that's what they do. They run and gun. That's what this team is. They're not a slowdown team. And maybe it costs them at the end of some of these close games sometimes. Um, I mean, but my biggest frustration is is not knowing who the best players are, who should be in there at the moment.
1: Well, not even that, Todd. In terms of like not having no. like your number one and number two options or anything, but like you don't even know what five you put on the
0: court in a situation. This is like, my problem. Is like, I, and then guys come in when they're twelve when they're trying to play eleven or twelve guys. Guys come in and they're like, I got to get my shot. Like yeah. I, I feel like they're almost hunting for their shot a little more than they should be. Um. You know they're pressing, and I don't mean that they're being selfish necessarily. It's just you. No, want they're to get trying to in get, the get fl- going. They're trying to make. Yeah, you rescue. want to get but the flow of the game. I, I, yeah, that's definitely not a knock on like individual players. You know, but like we you don't and it's I have watched like Julian it- Wooden for many years now, and he's yeah. a guy who who usually needs like five or six shots. Like he needs to see two or three go in in the first five or six to be like a productive player mm-hmm. the rest of the game.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: and. It's hard for him to get five or six shots right now without forcing a few things, you know, and that's, and I'm not like saying he should or shouldn't have more or less shots. I, you know, it's not about him. It's just, that's my kind of, he's a veteran player that we've seen for a number of years and we kind of know how he flows with the game, you know? And I I don't think he's alone in that. I think there's a bunch of guys that just don't, I don't know. And we have a couple guys who who, can't, you know, who shouldn't shoot. And they missed Vado Morse for a couple games there. They did. So, they did.
1: Uh, you, know. you know, and then Strickland was out and it was just like
0: weird situations. But Well, when you don't have Vado, then Friedel tries to pick up the slack, but now he's under a lot more pressure to make shots and he's not making them. You know, when him and when the two of them are on the court, like pick your poison, like somebody's going to be open for three a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And when only one of them's out there, now you're down to like one player who's. Like truly a threat from deep, you know, and other teams can, can get in their head then a little bit. So it's just tough because if,
1: yeah. yeah, And like, if you know your role and I think all the players probably appreciate the fact that they're getting relatively equal time, you know, they'd obviously, if you're the 10th guy on the roster, you'd rather get 12 minutes a game than wait till next year, you know, which is what right. it happens on a lot of teams, you know, you, you play seven right eight deep. So I mm-hmm. think it's somewhat good for team chemistry. The fact that so many guys are getting minutes, yep. but Todd, you played sports. It, it's oh, yeah. tough to get in a rhythm. If you don't know, like if you know, okay, my job is to come off the bench and I'm going to play 12 minutes a night and I'm only expected to play defense and rebound and maybe, you know, provide a spark. That's great. But it's not like that. I mean, these guys are just being thrown in right. there. Like, they appear happy. They, they appear to be cohesive. There yeah, doesn't be. It's not a,
0: a criticism of coach Byneson, really. Like, I,
1: no, it just. But on yeah. nights when it goes bad and you mm-hmm. can't get in a rhythm, you can see it goes really bad. Yeah. Like, if those guys, if if Vado isn't hitting and Fre- Friedel isn't hitting and, yeah. you know, Strickland's out, everybody else is kind of scrambling, like, what do we do? What do we do? And.
0: Well, I, then you get to Edwards and other guys like. Pushing, 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 and correct. Chucking things up that are I its little... not circling, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. like when Edwards was, was sick last week, but like, yeah, it just gets to the point of like, okay, who's going to pick up the scoring load? Without a pecking order, you're just kind of waiting for that to fall into place. And we saw three games last last week and a half where it didn't fall into place. Nobody knew what to do. So,
0: well, that, I mean, they're... there's some nights when Iannaccio looks like the best player on the team. Yes, but he wasn't in the. He wasn't playing the first yeah. few, you know, first month of the season when they so were right, so high scoring thing. and clicking and clicking. Yeah. So just like Strickland, uh, who has, I think, been really, sm- I think, he's a really smart, solid player. Um, you know, but those guys weren't there at the beginning, and yep. so now you're trying to push them into the rotation, which pushes other people into different. And just, Strickland yeah.
1: missed a lot of last year as well.
0: So. Yeah, so it's just, and he looks improved. I think. From last year, but that, what is that? Uh, yeah, it's just hard. The one thing I would encourage everyone take a step back. The overall record and the three game losing streak are pretty frustrating, right? 12 and seven and now three and three in the Sun Belt. But the Sun Belt is comically, um, there's comic parody in this league right now. Yeah. So they're one game out of first place. Exactly. There are six teams one, two, three, four, five, six teams at four and two. And then JMU is one of three teams at three and three. And then there's four more, including ODU, at two and four. So Arkansas State at one and five is the only team like that, like is not in within two games of, of, of each it. other.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, there's just there's no dominant team. I mean, I know Marshall, Southern Miss, Louisiana have kind of inflated records, but you know, we know Southern Miss didn't play much early on. So, you know, I'm not saying those teams aren't good. I just, I, to me, it's like, none of this matters. Unfortunately, the reality is the same as it was in the old conference for at least the next year or two, which is the Sun Belt is a one-bid league. And all that really matters is being at your best when you get to Pensacola. And nothing JMU has done, they have not, like, given up their chance at that. I think, you, you know, they, they want to be in the top, what is it, four or six? It's top four, I guess. They get the best position, and they're one game out of that. So, and and buyington was the season qu- to go. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, and in the in the post game presser, then his quote is saying like he doesn't really know what he has, and some people are kind of you know looking up at the sky and be like, what's wrong? It's January. How does he know? But all those things you just mentioned a couple minutes yeah. ago, Todd, like he hasn't had a full lineup at his disposal nope. at, any, at any given point. You know, he had mm-hmm. Strickland was out, Nacho was out, Vado mm-hmm. was out. Um, edwards was out so like Mm -hmm. he's still we think about like okay these guys are coming back from injury but just when they come back somebody else goes goes Mm -hmm. out so like they don't have a good stretch of like hey everybody on the roster is healthy can we get three or four games to let Byington and the guys find that sort of rotation of who works well together who's really effective coming off the bench as like the super sub who's really more effective as a starter
0: and like there's still two months to do that so right and the other thing that's – I'm not – again, not to really not trying to make excuses for frustrating times. It's just – like I look at a guy like Afram or even Amadi, and, you know, when some of those other ball handler kind of creative types are out, those type of guys, like they have the ability to make plays on their, on their own. And they seem to try to like pick up the slack – in trying to be more creative when some of those guys are out, but then those guys come back and now maybe they don't like, maybe you don't want them trying to be yeah, what, what the do you creative need? spark. Sometimes I, you know, it's just, it, that's a hard thing. And I think that just takes playing together and this group hasn't done it. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, even, I, I could sit here and say like, I have, I guess I have thoughts on who, how I would do the rotation, but, I don't think they're a lot different than what Coach Byington's doing, <laughs> you know. I don't know how I would manage it, you know. No, and the
1: other thing, and this might be a grossly irresponsible statement, and just you know, just yeah. start a bunch of speculation and stuff. But <laughs> like, in today's environment with the transfer portal, where you're kind of constantly recruiting, yes, do if I if I'm a coach. I might play a little deeper roster. I might give guys more of a taste, see what they got, and keep them on there. Whereas mm-hmm. in years past, it was pretty normal for you to be like, "Hey, freshmen, sophomores, you're going to be at the end of the bench, and you're going to learn by watching." And it's a different environment. I do. Right. I don't think that is what Byington is doing. I think he just has a deep bunch and he's trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of a different. It's just a different world that we live in now, where I'm thinking yeah. back to, you know, my upbringing as a college sports fan and a college hoops fan where it's like if a freshman saw the court for 10 minutes a a night you were like oh this guy's got a bright future but it was all about like kind of learning and teams went six or seven deep Mm -hmm. um maybe before december you'd go eight or nine but then it was just different now people it's just like there's just different dynamics and it's a lot harder to keep an entire roster happy nowadays because in a good way coaches and schools don't have like overwhelming power
0: over players.
1: So it's just a brave new world, so to
0: speak, you know? Well, the guys go on the road this week to Troy and Southern Miss. So they get a chance to kind of get their head straight, get out of the angry JMU mob, you know, uh, for the moment. And then come, you know, they win one or both of those games. Then they come home for some fun ones. You know, some ones I think they have real good prospects in, um, Coastal and ULM the following week and and with the students back could get the bank kind of rocking again. I think they have real, you know, I, I just, I'll say this, Rob, I'm still more optimistic about them getting it together by tournament time. than I am pessimistic. Like I, hundred percent. Oh, There's too much talent on the roster to be that down about things. Yeah. I really, I mean, obviously we want them to get into the buy position, you know, giving themselves the best chance, but, it just—I haven't seen anything from anybody else in conference makes me think, Jam, you can't win this thing. And yeah. it doesn't really, yeah, you don't want to be the 16 seed, but honestly, what you want is the bid, and you know, it doesn't really matter whether you do that at 17 and 12 or at 20 and nine. That doesn't really—it's not going to move the needle much, <laughs> I don't think. You know?
1: Yeah, because so, as much as we've been talking about the three disappointing yeah. losses. They were preceded by two really good road wins in conference play. Yeah, you know, going to beat Marshall. Marshall's been very good this year. Marshall's the best
0: team in the league, and that's who they beat to start the thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was a big, that was a big win. And then uh, Georgia State on the road as well. Yeah, that's
0: how they started it. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, so being consistent is
1: is better than being bad. And right now, I would characterize them as inconsistent. Certainly, let's just
0: say that in the past regime, we saw some bad years. Yes. Where there was nothing – there was nothing to make us think that like, oh, we're going to get to Richmond and everything will be okay. <laughs> you know. Correct. And, and here
1: as we talk and we opine yeah. about like how do they find the rotation and find the balance of, you know, the top seven or eight guys. versus uh, The other rosters you didn't have – you got to the 11th guy on the roster, the season was over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if those guys were playing minutes. So.
0: Yeah. Um, last couple – a couple spring sports just to hit on here at the end, Rob um lacrosse opens i mean we're talking like three weeks from now three yeah, and a half, four weeks from now.
1: ranked in the preseason i believe so they're
0: ranked 12th in the preseason yeah. in the poll they opened the season at number one north carolina um on february 11th so we'll all get to see what's up right away and pretty cool haven't had this in a while uh isabel peterson and Meredith durkin both being third team preseason all americans Um, so that's not like preseason Sunbelt or whatever um, American, you know, which I, I assume they'll be fine in, in that, um, that's all preseason, all American, you know, like don't see that from any, yeah. You don't see that from many places, especially for a player like Peterson, who she's playing that attacking mid or whatever that role is that like star player role in the women's Mm -hmm. game. Yeah. I mean, you, you sort of know like people who follow the sport, like if you're the third Team all-american at that spot you're really good <laughs> like those are, yeah you're you're, you're not speaking up on anybody <laughs> no no that's pretty cool so really looking forward to watching the cross coming up this spring and Rob lastly um I did see softball got ranked 25th mm-hmm. in one of the preseason polls um those are a little more fluid in softball and I, I will admit that I followed a lot since the World Series year and um I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if some of the softball media outlets, like let's just say they cast, they're, they're very Dickie V-esque about like casting a wide net to make sure they're very inclusive of lots of programs yeah. in their preseason hype. And sometimes I feel like the rankings change week to week, even in the preseason. That's probably a fair um, assessment. Yeah. But it was cool for a program that we're excited to see again. Um, I hope it doesn't add any pressure to them. Uh, you know, uh, we have no idea what to expect, but uh, there's probably not been a JMU team, certainly not in the last ten years, that we are more excited to see on the field um, than this softball team, and just really rooting for them. I, I can't say we we're we're going to be getting into it in the next month, kind of getting ready. Um, you know, we'll we'll learn a little more as best we can um, about the preseason. I can say, Rob. Did spend a little time in Harrisonburg over the break, and uh, the field is looking awesome. Is it? I don't know. Oh, like the bigger bleachers are going up. There's like a second deck, basically. Like it's legit. It looks really cool. Like <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't expanded know what... capacity, right? They did, and uh, it just. And I, I know they did some, you know, the, some locker room stuff and other stuff too. But just purely, like, just the part you see. I mean, just driving by there, it has that like feel of when they first built the football stadium. You're like, Oh, like this is different, you know? Um, So that's really, it's really exciting. And I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun for them. I mean, I would think it's going to be really fun for the players. So Mm. always a little weird in softball. They have a 52 game slate. We'll see how many of those get played. Um, And always a little weird, like when they're not in Florida or somewhere like that early season, you never know which of these games actually get played even when they're in like Virginia and the Carolinas. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of starts and stops in the March softball days. So yeah, I mean, JMU is supposed to host in March, like a tournament and you're like,
1: Hmm. Yeah. We'll, early see about March. That.
0: Like, eh, we'll see how many of those games get played. <laughs> yeah, so that's ambitious. I mean, hopefully all of them do, but uh, just can't wait to see that team back on the field. Uh, a lot of new faces on the team, but if you, a few we will all remember, and we'll you be looking forward to will we'll be yeah. diving in, yeah, pretty pretty soon uh, to that program. and I will say, Rob, just you know, from like old guys following the social media campaigns, it just seem like there's some real positive interaction, like the players seem very optimistic, and I don't know, the culture seems to be building to one of really supporting each other and supporting their like recruits and future recruits and that kind of stuff. I don't know. It'll be just really, really interesting to see, um, you know, how that team rebuilds itself.
1: But well, they, need, yeah, they. Need, I'm sure they want to do nothing more than get back out there and start playing and feel normal again. But uh, yeah, it, it's been a it's been a rough year, obviously, and we'll see see how they do. But yeah, it's. I, I do agree with you. The point about the recruits. The recruits seem more connected to the program than other recruits just based on observation, social media. Like it seems yeah. like when recruits commit, they are all in hundred percent. Let's go on like interacting with people on Twitter and mm-hmm. constantly sending out their own highlights, to all the fans. And that's really neat to see.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Some of that may be the sport itself.
1: I, I think that like, is, like, there's you a need cultural to, thing there. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the whole <laughs> showcase thing. And you need to make sure you're getting noticed, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it, it
0: it just strikes me as different. It does, and I'm. I'm. It just. It never. It really pleases. It. And look, that's true across the board. We see it in football a lot too. It always makes me smile to see current players get excited when a player commits to JMU or yeah, you know, is coming to JMU, and and current players are like, we can't wait to meet you, or can't wait to play with you, or you know, like, and that's true, just as true in football as it is in softball. But softball seems to really take that to another level. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, Um, I don't know, but excited for the spring. First, we're going to have some fun with basketball. All right, Rob, last thing tonight. Uh, I I wanted to hit you. I was thinking we didn't, we didn't have like a lot of hard stuff to cover here. So we're going to talk about something fun, right?
1: Yeah. what did you say? Like we're going to do, um, is it cover songs or live music cover songs? Yeah, I was thinking
0: like live covers. I don't know. We've done some of these in the past or some version of this. Um, I think we both watched uh, Taylor cover the city by 1975 last week. We did. And uh, we're pretty, I was, I was pretty delighted by that. And it, what it got me thinking about was like, you have been pushing a little bit. I mean, you've told, you've mentioned 1975 to me on a couple of occasions in the last year, you know, um, but I'd never really like, you know, never really dug in and listened or knew anything about it. And it, I spent a delightful day or two of work last week, like listening to old 1975 stuff. Um, You know, and it it made me think about covers and just how like it has the potential to turn you onto something you didn't know about. And it made me, Feel very confessional about my own college days, and that's what got me thinking about this. So, yeah, whatever I don't know what you were thinking. Where you want? I don't know. To start. Wait, you want
1: to do this like draft style? You can do a sure. pick. I'll do a pick. Yeah. All right. You can go first. You got. You got first pick.
0: Well, I'm just going to do the ones. I'll do it more confessional. So, like kind of things I didn't know about. So, I didn't know anything about music when I got to college. I mean, when I say nothing, I mean like beyond country and mainstream hip hop, like. I didn't know anything about music when I got to college. I was the oldest sibling, you know, did not have like a cool neighbor or something um, very unaware until I met you and a lot of other people, you know? And yeah, I mean, the first ones for me, I mean, I think you and I, we went to a Pat McGee show where John Popper made a guest appearance yeah, We did, and they, yeah. and they covered At the and they covered midnight rider. Mm-hmm. And that was like my first introduction to the Allman brothers. It, you guys were all excited, like, "Oh my gosh, this is such a big deal!" You know? yeah. and I was like, "What is this?" You know. I and think uh, I'd seen the Oman Brothers the summer before that on the Horde tour. So. Yeah, and it just made me so happy um, to to find this, like, "Oh my gosh," you know, kind of mind blowing. You know, way better than Pat McGee or Blues Traveler. Yeah, <laughs> like, like not in a no sh- no shade at those folks, but just you no, know, but just when they this come was together, the bigger you- discovery was for me. Yeah, yeah, so. That that was my first one that maybe that got me thinking about this.
1: Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I will go with one that uh, we don't need. Uh, these aren't ones that I've seen. These are just random. Yes, yeah, correct. These are just okay. Things. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I do not have a photographic memory of ones I've seen. I've had a lot of really cool experiences seeing mm-hmm. things like um, whatever my first fish show. Okay. I yep. think we were, were in the parking lot, and this was like oh, yeah. 1994, 95. And somehow, everyone in the parking lot knew Dave Matthews was there, saying they were right. there. And that was like at every fish show ever for like five years. Right. Like, oh, you know, so-and-so. But they actually came out, Dave came out, and they did Three Little Birds, but mm-hmm. That was a cool cover. That wasn't on my list. I was just saying mm-hmm. that was one that okay. stuck out as if if the categorization was ones we'd witnessed.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah no, um, no,
1: no, no, no. I will say like one of I, – I have a million – cover songs that i love and i always go down youtube rabbit holes kind of trying to find other cool ones um at, at any given point you, my favorites change but right now i will say um i'm very big into goose that's been one of my favorite yeah, bands yeah. the last yeah. year or two mm-hmm. they do 2021 by vampire weekend mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. it's fantastic like vampire weekend actually reached out to them and had them do like a studio version for some like i don't know year anniversary of it and it was like a 20 minute 21 second extended jam wow. that's very cool but they also did a live version um new year's eve 2021 mm-hmm. in chicago that's it's a shade under 2021 20, minutes, it's like 19 and a half minutes but it's awesome it's really really good because they do like kind of they fade in and yes. out between kind of like authentic versions and playing you know true to the song and then just extended jams but it works really really well so um Definitely want to check out on YouTube. So that was my first pick.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, Um, and I like that we're both thought of this a little differently um, because I was thinking of the one that made me discover other people. Yeah, or re-listen to things that I hadn't thought. Because my other one, I mean, I think we all know the Johnny Cash cover of "Hurt." Yes, is it's like stop you in your tracks the first time you hear it. You like, you know, it's going to ruin your day. And I'm someone that had a kind of a love-hate relationship with Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Um, just had some high school friends that were like super into them and never quite caught on, you know. And that put me in a different, like thinking about them as, thinking about Trent Reznor as a songwriter instead of like just harder music, which I maybe wasn't ready for when I was in high school, you know. Um, just changed my I don't know. Just it was a real. What well,
1: makes you appreciate fun. what a great songwriter? That's what I meant. Trent Reznor yeah. is because when stripped down, you're like, "Wow, this is really like poignant lyrics and the arrangement." That's what that. I meant. That's yeah, a, I went that's... back
0: and listened to all these things and and strip away all the like hard sound sonically, and just listen to what's being said, and you're like, "Oh, this now I get it." <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. absolutely, uh, yeah, it's a really fun, cool thing, yeah.
1: That's interesting, because I was going to choose... Kurt Vile does a Nine Inch Nails cover. Um, oh, my God. I, I forget, uh, Down In It, which is okay. really just kind of neat, because it's such a departure from Kurt Vile yeah, and yeah. What he does. But
0: mm-hmm. again,
1: it's it's neat. I almost chose that one, but um, that Johnny Cash one is phenomenal, mm-hmm. which is absolutely outstanding. Oh. Um, I guess my next one, this is... There are a billion good covers of this, but mm-hmm. I am partial to... Langhorne Slim's version of "Angel" from Montgomery by John Prine. Oh, um, yeah. I know Langhorne Slim is not like a huge, you know, massively well-known artist, but I had the privilege of seeing him a couple times. I've seen him, I think, three times at Newport Folk, and he's just one of these guys where if you like music and you connect with music emotionally, mm-hmm. for me, it, it's it's impossible to imagine seeing him playing the emotion that he puts into it and not come away kind of moved. It's just, oh, he's just, it's just phenomenal. Um,
0: That's great.
1: Even though he talks a lot about his love for the Philadelphia Eagles, we can, <laughs> we can push that aside. Um, but it's just, it's a stripped, I mean, it's Angel from Montgomery. It's a stripped down song to begin with, it's best. but it's awesome. He did one on KEXP years ago. That is just really emotional and heartfelt. And he's a guy like, obviously most musicians love music and everything. And, and you get that, but there are people you can just see when they're performing uh-huh. that it's a next level, their love for it. And his love for music and for John Prine is yep. just infectious. So of all the great covers of that song, mm-hmm. that one to me stands alone. When he does it, it's it's out of this world.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I, I like to hear that one. Love that song. <laughs> love, love, love that song. So yeah, yeah. It, it's hard, right? Because you to me, like the Bonnie Raitt version. The Bonnie Raitt like, version is. Probably the like signature version. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but I know crazy how that works. I know. My uh third one that I was I got to say so there's so many great cover songs like I, obviously we all know this, right? And I guess I don't know that either one of us are going to talk about Whitney, but you know, the one for me is Tina doing Proud Mary. I can Tina doing Proud Mary is uh as good as it gets. And it, it makes me think of some of my, like, happiest college memories. Um, shots to uh, Jennifer Myers. Um, <laughs> you know, in, I think, Megan's house at the beach, like, on a countertop singing this every yeah. night, basically. Um, well, that's also one that
1: took an iconic song, and now, in many people's eyes, that is the definitive version of it.
0: Well, And it was the same thing for me. For me, it was, I actually didn't, was not, in college coming into college i was not familiar with credence mm-hmm. and so this was like oh i love this and i kind of know i mean i think everybody knows that i tina version on some level even if it was just in your parents basement or something you know but then to be like oh this was somebody else's song and this other band plays all this other great stuff like <laughs> i don't know that was just a really fun discovery for me
1: yeah so, no that's awesome that one. yeah that's fantastic yeah. all right um this one's a little bit off the beaten path, a little bit. Okay. Oh, Have um, you ever heard of Baths? It's like a almost electronic composer type guy, okay. like yep. um, virtuoso musician. You know, plays a okay. piano and everything else and different music. He does a cover of "All My Friends" by LCD Sound System. Oh. Which is so cool.
0: That's it's awesome. so
1: cool. I'll send it to you. It's, it's just him on the piano. And I love that song to begin with. I just mm-hmm. think it's so fun how it, you know, the pace continues to pick and pick and, then it's just like, it's, it just goes off and then dropping. He's got a different approach where it just continues to be a very slow, emotional thing on the piano. And it's just wow. really, really neat because it still works and it's similar to what you were saying about um, Johnny Cash, Trent Reznor. It's just taking yeah. something in a very different direction and, in this case, I already knew that was a great song. I, I'm fascinated by James Murphy and what he's able to do with LCE Sound System. But to hear somebody take his work and do it it's just in just a completely different direction, it's just fun. It's just a fun listen, and it's, it's a cool song.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, my only two, um, again, kind of college-time honorable mentions were, you know, the Fuji's Killing Me Softly was an awesome moment for me and my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, because they were huge Roberta Flack fans, yeah. like went on one of their first dates to go see her. And, um, that was just like a thing that, I don't know, it was just really fun to like introduce them to like modern, you know, at the, at the time pop music, right. When we were in school, um, through something that they knew. Um, so that was really fun. And then I also, I just adore Elvis Costello in general and Mm -hmm. Goodyear for the roses is the George Jones cover, who you know, for me, who kind of grew up, you know, in country music, um that that one, it, there's an awesome Elvis Costello cover of that. So yeah, yeah, really, that was really great. Cool. great. Yeah, that was great. <laughs>
1: you were seen him? He puts on a good show too. Yeah, I guess I had a couple honorable mentions, and this one is it. I've loved it for years. I haven't listened to it as much in probably the past five years, but. Ben Harper's The Drugs Don't Work. The Verve cover. Because it's a
0: better version. Yeah, it's better. (laughs) Like it's it's,
1: nothing against the Verve, but to me that is the definitive version. Much like I think some people would say with Hendrix All Along the Watchtower or something like that. Um, And then there are...
0: Ben Harper, Big Todd and Rob. Big Big Todd and Rob. You know, a seminal moment there. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: yes. And then there are many great covers of Atlantic City, most notably by the band and everything. But Justin Towns Earl. Does a really good one, just him on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely worth taking a listen to.
0: And then, I was. What other one yeah. have I heard recently? Uh, Green funny.
1: Sky Bluegrass does a great one.
0: They do. Um, yeah, and then you just you mentioned the Hendrix thing. That was pretty. It's so funny that another one that's just really fun, right? Because I learned Watchtower through Dave. Yeah, and then thought of it as a Hendrix song, mm-hmm. and then you find out it's a dylan song yep and then you're like well this is awesome (laughs) you know like yeah yeah. you're right there's just a million great covers of atlantic city i don't even know the one i'm thinking of recently um and i know i've mentioned even in the last year or so another i now we're just having fun with this because the nora jones version of what is the neil young song that she does Um, don't be denied
1: yeah
0: is awesome too so <laughs> we could do this for hours. Yeah.
1: yeah uh, um, well, Rostam from formerly oh, Vampire Weekend, yeah. he does a really good, like a Rolling Stone Bob Dylan oh, cover. Cool. And then, if you want a fun one, uh-huh. Young the Giant does um, R. Kelly's Ignition remix. In a
0: really fun live band fashion. Well, so does Drake. Drake does a really fun and and we we were kind of joking with him about like the appropriateness or inappropriateness of playing that. (laughs) But it's so fun. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you get into that whole like there's good art by bad people. You know, the 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 Ryan Adams nineteen eighty nine cover album is fantastic, but
0: I really haven't listened to that as much as I did prior to him being exposed. Correct. Um, but you should go watch Taylor if you haven't already. Um, play last week there's like a nine minute clip that you can find almost anywhere of her playing the first live version of anti and then launching straight into the city yeah um, which I thought was really cool and like respectful of the band that she's guest appearing with yeah and it's just so fun I, I haven't been to a show in a while Rob and it was just so fun to hear a crowd like lose their damn mind
1: And know all the lyrics from an artist they didn't come to see,
0: which was cool too. I I guess, but I was even more excited by the cover, by her then doing their song. And like, that I felt like the, because you know, there's some of the people in the crowd. I mean, 1975, as opposed to like Bonnie Bear, Bonnie Bear, like there's a bunch of us in like the dad, dad rock crowd who are still a little like, yeah, you know, that's enough with Taylor. Yeah. Um, where I think the 1975 in London crowd is probably a little more like, yes, we know all the lyrics and we're going to sing along. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for her to launch into, you know, really their first big hit, like everyone was like, Oh my God, you know, like just yeah, so it was cool. And it's, it's always fun when you go to a show and you don't know what the band's going to play. And then they, you know, that's the one part of the show you don't know. Um, it's always fun. So hopefully we'll get to go to something soon, Rob.
1: Yeah, yeah. The hold steady's coming to Black Cat in a couple of weeks. I was thinking about oh.
0: going to do that. They actually do a very
1: good um, Counting Crows cover of Long Ooh. December. Oh no, I was looking which just right. I feel like my inner Steve Hyden comes out every time I listen to that one. I but, think my annual quota
0: of Long December is is now. I, yeah, I don't it's know. probably probably it's down, back down, in but the, back in the vault till till Thanksgiving. It's year.
1: a very hold steady appropriate one in that it obviously <laughs> becomes a full crowd sing along. You know, but. It, it's cool. It's worth
0: That's awesome. It's
1: on YouTube. You can find it quite easily. Nice.
0: Well, thanks everybody for hanging in there with us as we welcome in 2023 um, very belatedly. And all of you all uh, just really glad to. We, we are, Rob, I did have a JMU adjacent function today okay. and, um, and it got me very excited for all things Dukes again. So just looking forward to launching into a fun spring. Um, with the podcast and with you and with the Dukes as we get ready for uh, all the Absolutely. good things to
1: come. I'm ready to get back into actually paying more attention to sports. And uh, over the holidays, like you, I kind of lost the sheet of music and then we were out of the country for the college football playoff. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, back in time for that wonderful championship game. <laughs>
0: oh, God. I know you missed the most incredible semifinal day. Like I, the New Year's Day was incredible. <laughs> like, I know. Like, yeah. yeah. We were trying
1: to get our espn plus app to work abroad and then couldn't and then we james sam and i were like we're not staying up till three o'clock in the morning for kickoff we just went to bed but yeah oh
0: that's funny uh all right rob well i will talk to you next week after some more hoops victories
1: yeah have a good week everybody
0: all right go dukes got my ass face. I ain't back. so they would dare say, know on site. when I see you. I'm working at Square Space. Yeah, top of the morning. I know that you thought I was dormant. Well, the early for shots that was swarming. A black from the outside. cop's in the orbit. Cause somebody got popped. Now they're knocking on doors, trying to find an informant. But I ain't seen Nathan. I'm learning my business. His God is my witness. The weapon gon' prosper. That's forming against me. I'm stopping him instantly. Know when I'm done with these songs, you gon' miss me. John I'm on my Grizzly using inches just clubs, but no, not the ones in the big leagues After the fall off, I promise I'm coming and selling out Wrigley's I'm just a product of poverty Full of narcotics to profit off quickly My family tree got a history of users that struggle with demons Not really the hustler of instincts for often my pockets was empty So while some of my pocket was serving up some the corners of project assemblies me, I was starting to envy. Want to be on the top where it's plenty. Want to be in the spotlight where every for me like Rihanna dropping fifty. What I see in the sky, the villas are still can't reach up too high evidently. Nah, I can't reach up too high evidently. Never seen no one driving a Bentley. I can't be out here mopping up Wendy. My life is all I have. My rhymes, my pen, my path. And I done
1: made it out the struggle, don't judge me. What you saying now won't buzz me, cause where I come from so often, people you grow with laying in a coffin, but I done made it through the pain and strife, it's my time now, my world, my life, my life.